0: Welcome to the Playing the Game podcast with your hosts, Brock White and Cody Ransom. This podcast is the place for all things baseball, hunting, and entrepreneurship. These two guys have put in the work and have the stories and advice to back it up. Brock is a longtime business owner, and Cody played pro ball for over 18 years.
1: Driven deep to left field. There it goes. See ya! A long home run for Cody Ransom!
0: The one thing that brings these two guys together is hunting. Babe Ruth said it best, never allow the fear of striking out to keep you from playing the game. This is the Playing the Game Podcast, presented by Rolly White RV. Hey y'all, we're back. We are
2: back. Thank you for joining us. I'm uh, Brock. I am Brock White, your co-host. And I got my co-host here.
3: Cody Ransom.
2: What's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing? And he's on the phone. He is yeah. quarantining himself, being responsible, yeah. doing his part. Because that's what we do here, right? We do our part. Do our part.
3: Well, I'm, do- I'm doing my little part, yeah. yeah. I'm good. But the
2: family, is not so good. The family, the most important thing you're taking care of. So that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you know how it goes. So we got, I'm going to give my friend a little introduction here. Tony Drake from Wisconsin. What part of Wisconsin?
1: Southeastern Milwaukee.
2: Southeastern Milwaukee. I met him hunting in a hunting camp. He's very close friends with some of my close friends, so it was a natural um friendship built, and he's also a pilot. He and we just hit it off again because we just talked planes and no one else knew what we're talking about, but we know exactly <laughs> what we're talking about.
0: We then
2: Tony is got he's how many kids you got? Three, three kids? Three, three kids. kids yeah. And his daughter's ranked fourth in the world in the, the world or the US? world world she's ranked fourth in the world in water skiing Jeez. and that's a pretty huge accomplishment right there in itself so you might he's busy with that he's not third though it's fourth it's fourth <laughs> fourth in the world fourth in the world soon to be third soon to be second uh, world we're gonna yeah we're gonna get, we we need to get up there but He runs a very successful financial advisory business and had graduated college with a bachelor's in fine arts and photography, fine arts and photography,
1: (laughs) right in line with financial planning.
2: Well, maybe maybe give give me some tips here after we're done. Um, He is an avid.
3: Tony. Yeah.
2: So let me ask a question. Are you, are you still in Milwaukee or are you just from there? Yeah,
1: no, I'm in a suburb of Milwaukee, probably about thirty, forty okay. minutes west, called uh, Oconomowoc.
3: Oh, okay, Co- Cody
1: gotcha.
2: played in Milwaukee. I know. I did. I, know. I, was, yeah. I was
3: there for a short while. Do you? Are you familiar with a uh, kid out of there, AJ Bukovich? Oh yeah, of course, down. of uh, course. Yeah, AJ, I, I just finished working with him five minutes ago here at the Kansas. Oh wow, really? He's out. Yeah, he's out in Arizona. And, uh, he's one of our big prospects with a D-back so he's in town and we're doing some hitting some defensive work here so oh, awesome.
1: that
2: was that guy yeah. that was the guy that you were on the phone with that one time huh yes yes, yes. Okay. Yep, that's that's cool. okay that's him awesome. okay anyway maybe sorry, Brock you can, the play, you
1: can play that cheering again and I can pretend like I'm Cody standing I just so, smacked one
2: out <laughs> in the park and, so yeah. we're gonna let Tony we're gonna start the podcast now with Tony Drake oh uh, Sorry. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm learning the buttons. Did you dial up my ex-wife or what was it? (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) We're starting the podcast with Tony Drake. Oh, no, still the wrong one. Not exciting. (laughs) Not that one. Not that one. Not that one. Creepy. Tony Drake. Welcome, Tony Drake, to the podcast. Grand Slam. Grand Slam. He's, dude, he did the bat flip and all. Bat flip and all. I love it. Tony Drake's here. I really hope you got video of that. um, (laughs) Luckily, not. Luckily, turned in on the camera. But the unfortunate part your arm's still bleeding, buddy. Yeah. So, side note I gave Tony a beautiful knife. Beautiful knife for. A lot of reasons I gave him this knife. But, it's got
1: something on it. I don't know. Okay.
2: Um, <laughs> I was showing him how sharp it was. I have this trick where I shave my arm with it. So every time I give somebody a knife, I'd show them how sharp it is. and I I just, you know, take off some of my hair off my arm. And they're like, wow, that's sharp. Well, I did the same thing except for skin. I got that's a little right. bit more aggressive with the cut. You did, yeah. And it took off about half inch of skin. Know, <laughs> So anyways, I'm bleeding uh-huh. super glue.
3: So when you only have a quarter inch of skin, it takes off a half inch. There's a lot of bone. <laughs> well, it's, like, it's, it's like a like half flesh. inch
2: wide and like an eighth deep. So it's just, that, that doesn't, it sounds like you should maybe get to a doctor at some point. Today. We'll see. You know, I say we'll super see. glue. I think when this thing heals, it'll be kind of cool looking, but that's me. I like a couple scars on me. Cause then it looks I look tough, and people are like, "Oh, that's cool." And then you're like, "Well, I did it to myself with a knife on accident, <laughs> trying to show off."
3: You're so. gonna have to make up a way better story than that. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. So, Tony- uh, I was trying to shave my arm, and yes, shaving arm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right works. then, I was at full draw, and a bear came in, and. It, that would be
2: oh wait that's what <laughs> I I, back to tony's introduction i'm not even done yet because tony is an avid hunter and the best thing about tony is that he's only a bow hunter which in the hunting world it's kind of a big deal to let down the rifle and say i'm only using a bow because you really put yourself in a different league in hunting and we can get more into that towards you know we always talk that. about the hunting part after yeah, that's fine nice. i love it i love the challenge and we're all bow hunters here. Cody's chasing the mule deer right now. And,
3: you know. Uh, no, I wish I was. I didn't go out today, but yeah, I need to. Yeah. They saw but, him again today the out there, though.
2: I'll tell you what. One thing all bow hunters have in common is a lot of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say extreme failure or That's is right. that just me? It's extreme. Yeah. They, every time we learn something, and it's usually because we failed. And then there's disappointment, but let's get into your career. I digress. Yeah. I digress. I digress. I'm <laughs> learning that. I digress.
3: <laughs> and
2: where did you go to college? Where did you grow up? How was your, yep. like, did you grow up hunting? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, two great parents divorced now, but, um, pretty, uh, I guess I would call it middle income. We had what we needed and that was about it. Yeah. i um, lived in a uh fairly poor neighborhood. Um pretty diverse neighborhood and my parents both worked in factories. Yeah. Um I was the oldest of three. So, you know, it was a little little different. Lots of drug deals and all you, kinds you of stuff. You saw a stuff. lot of stuff go yeah, down. Saw a lot of stuff. Remember uh, Jeffrey Dahmer? Yes. He lived 3 blocks away. Oh, cool. Yeah, right right up the road.
2: That's like Yeah, nice neighbor. Sort of-
1: You're uh Ooh.
2: That's kind of did you egg his house? No, it was interesting,
1: garden? though. When when the story broke, my brother calls me, who's uh, six years younger than me, and he's like, Do you see the news? I'm like, yeah. Jeffrey's
2: eating people, dude. Well, we didn't, like, you recognized him from the neighborhood. You knew, you saw him. We, we weren't, like, you know, hanging from, out. But <laughs> everyone's like, Jeff's in trouble. When you
1: saw the picture, you recognized it as a dude that walked around the neighborhood. It was crazy. he's like, He's looking for someone to eat. Yeah, someone to eat. He's hungry. He was, he was, you might be excited by your cut on the arm. Don't there. don't stop. <laughs> I think he's not around. No, they took care of him in prison. And that's over. That is over. But yeah, so I grew up uh, a good childhood. You know, we didn't have much, and but you know the, the neighborhood was tough. And, and I think part of part of my story, a big part. I remember, I, I was fortunate to have the parents that I did because I learned about hard work. Right, and And I learned, uh, you know, that there wasn't going to be any fairy godmother coming down to save the day. If I was going to get out of that situation and build a different life, it was going to land squarely
2: on my shoulders. Which a lot of people don't understand. Right. They think, you know, someone is there to save the day. Yeah. And then they're just always disappointed, and they're always the victim.
1: I do a lot of media stuff, and the other day someone asked me, they said, uh, if you could tell your younger self something— what did he say? What What would you be if you could go back and tell your younger self something that that you know now? And I think, I think it would be to not choose the easier route. Yes, right. I think when I was young, I was looking for the easy way out, and
2: well, who doesn't? Right. Who right? doesn't want?
1: But I think you learn, right? I mean, it's the tough stuff that makes you grow.
2: You know, I mean, I don't know how you feel, Cody, but you know, when you hear about the quick, the you know, get. Big fast, right? At first, you're all in. After you got burnt a couple of times, you're all out. <laughs> yeah, right.
3: Yeah, they the, the get rich or get big or get anything fast thing doesn't doesn't necessarily work too well,
2: in like, my experience. Even the weight loss of you know, like you get lose a ton of weight really fast. You can lose a ton of weight really right. fast, right? But you don't learn any of the lessons along the way, right? To keep it off, right? And then all of a sudden you weigh the same amount and you spent 20 grand or whatever. And then some people take loans out for that. Right. Right. Crazy. And I mean, anything worthwhile will be hard. Do you guys agree with that? Hard work for sure. What do you think Cody? Yeah, I, I, I definitely,
3: I definitely agree. I mean, that's the, and nothing, nothing beats hard work and putting in the time and putting in the effort on the, to be successful in the
2: long run. I mean, you're training pro guys every day and you see the amount of work that these guys are doing to get to the bigs. Right. I was catching up on some of your
1: guys' podcasts and you guys were
2: talking, I think Cody was talking or you were
1: about that. I don't know if it's on the painted end of the gym or what, but something about, you know, successful athletes are willing to do what unsuccessful ones aren't. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's a, successful athletes uh are what is it we've got it um uh, yeah so it's, it's hanging on the wall at my house and it's that's awesome something that we send out send out to i got it out it's out of the uh the old yankee stadium out of the weight room there that's awesome and so it's just it's hanging up in the gym at the house and anybody doesn't show up in the morning for the morning workout they
2: get a picture of it so. <laughs> yes. a, little, a, little, a little motivation yeah I was I ever get that picture? Or? I got it once because I came late. He might have got it once. I, but I was there. I hey. came that day, and I still got he it. You did.
3: I actually think he got the picture in bed and jumped up and made it over there. I might, phone, have, was, might, have, might have happened, might not have. I, I was, was looking dead.
2: for you this morning, buddy, in the gym. Well, <laughs> was, yeah, well, that didn't happen. He <laughs> should have sent me the picture. <laughs> that was bad. So, you grew up in a pretty rough area. It sounds yep. like, I yeah, mean, tougher, you really yeah. sugarcoated it. It sounds like you grew up in a rough, rough area. I mean, Jeffrey Domner, who eats folks, yeah, was down the street.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was one of
2: those deals. You know, we couldn't play <laughs> after dark. Really, you know, it wasn't safe. See, and, like that's not something that goes right. on in the neighborhoods, normal neighborhoods, right? So,
1: you know, I was like real clear at a young age. I wanted to get out of there. Like okay. I remember thinking, I don't care if I live in a shack. I don't want to live like in the inner city, Yeah. you know. When I grew up, and I, I just remember that as a child, you know, feeling that thinking. I mean, it, it it you didn't know any different, but at eight, ten years old, to be able to recognize drug deals out the window, that's you know, bad, yeah, man. Right, it was tough.
2: I got an eight-year-old, and it would just break my heart if he knew that kind of stuff. Right,
1: right, and you know, so so there was a whole bunch of focus, you know, on on you know what would it take to get out of there, right, and. We were talking about doing the hard stuff and failing, and I think it's easy today to look at your life, my life, you know, playing, like, hunting in these incredible areas, all this stuff, but nobody sees all the failures, right? All the businesses I tried to start that failed, and and just the grinding and grinding, and the seven hours a day, you know, working a full-time job, then trying to start a business at night, and... You know, the times on welfare, you know, all that kind of nobody sees any of that stuff.
2: Yeah, I remember me and Taryn were both going to full time school or even full time jobs and I was starting the business. But that's all we knew. We right. didn't know anything else. Right. You just hustle. Right. You just worked eighty, ninety hours a week and that's what that was our life for I don't know, ten years. Yeah. Until you could pick up your head and be like oh, we've grown this, I can, you know, I could start delegating a little bit. Right. So, and, I mean, Cody, geez, man, like, for you to get to the bigs and then get some back down and then have to work your way back up, that must have been just a grind on <laughs> you physically and also you mentally.
3: Uh, mentally more than anything. I mean, I think the grind physically is what it is. You know what I mean? You expect to put in the work and play and and do all the things to get you ready. The grind mentally is the one that's, that's, uh, exhausting, (laughs) especially over, you know, the course of a, of a six, well, eight, eight or nine month season with spring training and the postseason and all that stuff. And then, you know, 162 games plus playoffs and spring training. And it's, uh, that's the grind and the grind is not just on me, but on, like we've talked about before the family and, and the wife and, all the stuff she has to do while I'm gone. And yeah, the mental grind for me is, is far greater than the, uh, the physical one. I mean, you know, you get up and you work, I could be getting up and going to, you know, construction every day. Um, so yeah, you know, you have to take all that into account. And,
2: I, I, um, I remember but, you telling me when you were in single a, you would on the summers come work construction.
3: Yeah, so I mean, starting yeah, starting in high, well, junior high and high school, my dad owned a construction company. He has still has it. I mean, he's had it for forty six years, I think. Wow. Um, uh, electrical company, commercial, and um, so we, you know, that was my job in the summers and off seasons. Um, and he wanted to make sure I didn't want to do that, so I would dig the underground in <laughs> the middle of the summer. And, and yeah, so he's like, I want, I want to make sure that this is not what you want to do. So um, yeah, I understood what what it was like and, and, you know, what the alternatives were. So that's something that I didn't want to really want to make my career. So <laughs> it, may, it might've pushed a little bit harder to, uh, to, to get to where I got to, but, um, you know, it's, it's, just all part of it. it's Hard work is the same, whether it's, uh, you know, you're putting it in for it's easier if you're putting it in to go play a sport than it is for, you know, digging ditches or, or whatever it may be. But, um, you know, hard work is hard work at the end of the day. Yeah, I've kind
1: of found, though, you know, if you look at, you know, guys, women that are, you know, whether it's athletics or business or just successful, whatever it is they do, like really successful, there's some sacrifices, right? Absolutely. I mean, this whole idea about this balance thing, it's great, kumbaya, but I mean, there's always sacrifices.
2: Any successful person has grounded out for quite a while. It's the
1: one thing I worry about the most about Allie, my you know daughter is a water skier. She you know it's Groundhog Day every day. Yeah, she wakes up, does schoolwork, goes to the lake, does all her training, comes back, homework, hits the gym, goes to bed, wakes up. It's the
2: same thing. You know, it's just yeah. Groundhog Day. Just every like the day. just like the gymnast, right? right. Just right. It's, it's no different. Right. Yeah. And I then, think
3: that's I think that's what a lot of people don't understand uh, from the outside is that you know. They see a the successful uh, athlete or business person or, or whatever it may be, and they don't—they might not see the, you know, the, uh, the sacrifice or the hard work put in, you know what I mean, or, or not think about it and realize it at least. And I think that's, uh, you know, oh, you're, you're so lucky or, you know, you got this or whatever. Well, you know, you kind of create your own luck with hard work, and, and uh, yes, it takes a break and it takes an opportunity, but if you're not ready for that when it gets there, then it never happens you know in the first mm-hmm. place kind of like the, the old analogy of the the duck right on top of the water it looks all calm and underneath is just paddling like you know, crazy you like crazy. <laughs> and that's it and that's, that's the grind you know and that's uh but everybody so, sees
2: just this calm duck that's yep. all they see that's all they see they don't see any it makes me think of you Brock. calm duck you think i'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding <laughs> no, you're funny dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That, that is that is funny. I wonder if Taryn thinks that. Taryn, do you want to chime in? No, I'm not okay. a calm duck. She says no. Not no, not it. not a calm she, duck, or no, she
3: doesn't want to chime in.
2: I don't know. Maybe both.
3: <laughs> Maybe just no. Leave me out of it. Oh wait, wait, she's bringing wait. it down. Oh, here we go. Oh, here yeah. we go. Uh, wait, can we're can bringing explain? some
1: brains to the operation here. <laughs> can you explain?
3: I, on the outside, he looks like a calm duck, but on the
2: inside, his <laughs> wheels are turning like crazy. It's like a tornado. It's not like tornado. Wheel. It's not it's wheels. Not even, you're not even a duck. You're a tornado. <laughs> it's a. It's like
1: <laughs> tornado. <It's> a- Good. <laughs> natural disaster it, it's a disaster <laughs> i'm telling you right now
2: taryn nailed it by saying it's a tornado because it is a complete disaster it's high, awesome. like with my brain the way it works and jumping around Like we'd be talking about hunting next thing you know we're talking about like propane cars
3: yeah
2: i mean well, th- there's a, <laughs>
3: rab- the rabbit holes.
2: oh i love rabbit holes i'll tell you that that's, that's why, why
3: you have to that's why you have to digress every once in a while
2: and we digress here <laughs> we so have. we have yeah so you, you did, what what when did you start your your own practice so the
1: business i own today i started in its first form in 2002 so oh
2: two 18, and did 19, you work for somebody prior doing same well i did a bunch of different stuff
1: so in my younger years i kind of took a uh, not so great turn got uh, pretty addicted to substances and lost everything and well uh, that's
2: a common that's a common thread with a lot of people man yeah yeah it so. was tough it was well tough. congratulations yeah. on overcoming and yeah i've been sober for uh geez 24 years i guess that's an amazing number right there yeah so congratulations yep yeah, yeah. it was good but uh tough uh tough in the
1: beginning for sure yeah You know, I think they're, you know, you're kind of in these tough situations. It becomes normal, you know, and you start experimenting, hanging out with people, and I don't know. I'm a big believer, like, you kind of become who you're around, right?
2: Oh, you you go to the barbershop, you're getting a haircut. Yeah. You know? (laughs) On your arm? I like that. I like that one. (laughs) Yeah, like, if you go to the barbershop, you're getting a haircut. And that's what you tell people. Like, if you hang out with potheads, you're going to be a pothead. Yeah. Like, that's just going to happen. If you hang out with successful people and surround yourself with successful people, you will end up being successful. If you hang out with good, morally ethical people, you're going to become that. Right. If you hang out with total garbage, you will become total garbage. Yeah,
1: I mean, I love to be around people that are more successful, grinding harder than I am. You know, it's just like... You just feed off of that energy, you know, and you want you want to work harder and
2: aspire to more. And I can't tell you how much I've grown in my career, me as a person, by doing that right yeah, there, yeah. that exact thing. So, so to O two, you open your own place.
1: Yeah. Before that, I bounced around a little bit. I graduated from college in '98 with a bachelor's of fine arts and photography.
2: Did you actually go take pictures?
1: Yeah, I worked as a photographer for a while. Um, love photography, just didn't quite love doing it, you know, for a living. Yeah, something mm. about the art directors, you know, it was hard. You didn't get to have your own vision. There's always people telling you what they wanted, and yeah, maybe I'm a little, a little stubborn. No, well, <laughs> um, can we patch my ex-wife in and she'll, she'll answer for you?
2: Um, no. Thank you, Bert. <laughs> we're, we're gonna, I'm gonna do you a favor. I appreciate that and not do that Appreciate but, it. um i i do understand when you're trying to please you're trying to do an, uh, uh a liberal art right well it took the love out of it. it took like the passion out of it for me
1: for sure so you know it was clear to me i was gonna need to do something different so then I got involved in selling kind of high end digital camera backs and, you know, large format printers when they you know, these camera backs were a hundred grand. So and,
2: what you're telling me is you're a hustler. Yes. I mean, but but it goes back I think to the how I grew
1: up, right? There there was gonna be no Guardian Angel coming. It was just gonna be it's I needed to figure something out.
2: Yeah, nobody's gonna you're you're not you're not buying a car because someone gave it to you. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, have to work for it so
1: i started trying a bunch of different stuff and went into sales in the kind of photography area but then kind of internet sales were just taking off so every year i had to sell more to make the same money so just decided to keep trying different things and around then had my my first child my daughter Alyssa. yeah
2: that's you know, to <clears throat> the right water for yeah okay. yeah
1: Tough relationship with her mom. Her mom split when Alyssa was just a couple months old, so it was just oh. me and Allie. Yeah. And we were, you know, trying to figure it out. All right,
2: so you, you have the kids full time.
1: Uh, my younger two are from my marriage, and she has them half time. I have them half the time, and Allie, I have full time. Yeah. Baby yeah. Okay. mamas. Yeah.
2: You're, dude, that's cool, man. <laughs> Plural
1: baby mom. Well, <laughs> not not what I envisioned as a young man but kind of just well, how it you played know,
2: out <laughs> you know it happens
1: yeah you'll be the first one yeah that's for sure so I remember I'll tell you a quick story I just thought of when Allie was little I was broke I mean yeah. broke I was trying to start up a business and I was working and um I didn't have health insurance and I couldn't afford it yeah. So I go down to the welfare office, and I say, I want to apply. So go through the whole process, right? And she says, yeah, you apply. We're going to get you this food card. You get a check each month, health insurance. And I said, I just want health insurance for my daughter. That's it. You can keep the rest of the stuff. Yeah. And the lady there at the county, she didn't even know what to do. She said no one's ever asked me that before. So she had to get a supervisor and figure it all out. But, you know, I, I think about a lot, you know, like the life today, And coming from there, you know, and the gratitude that comes with that.
2: Yeah, totally. And I think maybe that shows you there's the system's broken right there. Yeah. Because they just gave it all. They would have given all of it to you. Right. Instead of you just marking a box. Like, what do you need?
1: Well, and I felt like there was
2: definitely people way worse off than me. For sure. That maybe needed that, right? Yeah, and if you don't take it. It's gonna give leave more money for other people that do need it. That was my mentality. I don't know how it actually works, but I don't think <laughs> I would say you were maybe the only person that's ever done that.
3: <laughs> maybe. What
2: do maybe. you think, Cody? Yeah,
3: I'm probably not too many. It's probably there's probably not a uh a plan for that when you go in there, it's probably need to get a supervisor.
2: Usually people are like, Oh, you're gonna give this to me? Yep. If you Check, don't need it. Yep, I'll take it. I'll take it. I got this purse I want to buy, or I got a pair of shoes I want to buy. Hmm. You know, or you know, PS Four just came out. What kind of purses? Seen that a lot with the. Uh... I, I I like purses. <laughs> you do for my wife. Okay.
3: <laughs> I've seen that a lot right now with the with the, the government checks that are going out. You know what I mean with the uh oh, dude, the Pelotons people. people Oh, I got two grand. I'm gonna go buy this. And
2: like, it's nothing know. for the house. Yeah, dude. They're not yeah. buying food with it. No. They're buying. Yeah, it's Peloton. crazy.
1: I mean, you know, we I talk a lot about the stimulus stuff, and you know, these you know six hundred dollar checks that went out, and you know, there's some families making a hundred fifty thousand between the two of them. Nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. They're in a the fortunate group that haven't lost their jobs,
2: and they they're getting six
1: hundred apiece plus six hundred for each kid. Two, and, and for yeah. what? 5,000 right? bucks. I mean, like you were saying earlier, take that money, maybe set it aside for people that really are unemployed, can't find work because they were in the service industry or entertainment yeah. or whatever. Because the, there are people out or there The struggling. restaurants. Right. The
2: restaurants. I have guys working for me that were getting overtime during that time because right. we were so slammed. Yeah. They're getting overtime. Their checks had never been that big. And then they're getting $5,000 on top of it all. And I'm just like. Yeah.
3: Well, that's, that's the thing that kind of tripped me out about it was the people that, that were getting it, you know, it's like, eh, I know a lot of people that probably could use it and they, you know,
2: these, this this group is not one of them. So. Right. Right. That's <clears> who knows? Uh, yeah. It's not, really not, not my thing, I guess. <laughs> a Really sad situation that that's going on right now with that. Right. I mean, cause some industries
1: crushed it in 2020, right. Yeah. And some were just dead. Uh, I
2: know a lot of industries, companies personally, that have never had a better right. year. Right. Ever. Right. You know, and even Arizona as a whole, I would say, for us, I think they did, they
0: fared really well as a whole. Tired of going different places to get all you want? Looking for a program that offers everything? Are you interested in training, nutrition, baseball, softball? after-school youth programs, hunting, or charity work? One Performance is an all-inclusive program that offers training, advising, instruction, and opportunity for everyone, from the beginner to the professional. With a staff compiled of some of the best in their fields, impressive backgrounds, and an unmatched passion for teaching and giving back, One Performance is the first of its kind in Arizona. With the connections and background we have in the baseball community on a local and national level, from t-ball to the major leagues, One Performance offers teams known as Arizona National BPA opportunity for instruction, gameplay, and development in every aspect of the game, both physically and mentally. The staff at One Performance Training are some of the finest in their respective fields. They strive to educate, motivate, and assist every athlete in maximizing their abilities. Whether you're looking for an opportunity for a young athlete or a seasoned professional to surround themselves with like-minded coaches, mentors, and athletes, one performance is the family you're looking for. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Ready for an escape? Ready for an adventure? Do you want to camp, hunt, hit the dunes, or just relax on the beach? Roly White RV is the number one toy hauler dealer in Arizona for the past five years running. With a no pressure culture and no dealer fees, they guarantee you a great price and a great experience as you purchase your very own toy hauler or travel trailer. Rolly White is family owned and operated and is now expanded to five locations, including Mesa, West Phoenix, North Phoenix, Flagstaff, and Idaho Falls, Idaho. Whether you're looking for a toy hauler or travel trailer, fifth wheel, or bumper pole, Rolly White can get you what you're looking for. They carry all the big names, including Genesis Supreme, Vortex, Attitude, Wolfpack, Raptor, Forest River, and the newly released Wanderer by Genesis. We all want to beat the heat, or just escape the craziness and get outdoors. Let Rolly White help you get there by visiting any of our locations or checking us out on Facebook, Instagram, and online at rolywhite.com.
3: Yeah, I think overall, I think, you know, construction was up, um, sales and, you know, a lot of the outdoor industries were, were really up. I know bikes and cars and, you know, all that stuff was up. And, um, I mean, you can talk about yours, but, I, you know, I some of the stuff closed down, some of the restaurants and small business stuff, you know, that people yeah. struggled where they couldn't, just couldn't handle it and they had to lay people off. Um,
2: I just wish that money would have yeah. gone to them, you know, but... You know, but yeah, I,
3: that's that's what I was getting at. Like you know, because I, like you said, you can, you can be making you know one hundred fifty thousand dollars between a married couple and still get still get help, and it's kind of like eh,
2: that was the fight, kind of what
3: you were making before. Yeah, I know
2: that's that was the so fight in anyway, Congress I mean, it, because yeah, no, they couldn't agree with each other. You know,
3: well, and it, you know, it, I don't know. It is what it is. I, I, try, I try not to get into political stuff on this thing, but. Yeah, I don't either. And I don't, <laughs> yeah. I honestly,
2: I don't think this is a political thing. It's just about helping people, right. you know. Right. I, Hell I, exactly. I, I wish. 100% could, it is, yeah. I wish we could look at this as a, how can we help the people that need it? and need the help, right. Yeah, and we don't have to get into what side you're on, yeah. per se.
3: Yeah. Um, That's how it should
2: be. But it, unfortunately, it's not. And But, anyways, You're we're. Correct, sir. And I digress here. <laughs> and I digress. And we will move on. <laughs> so, you started in 02. You, you started in 02. It was tough. You were struggling. Struggling. I was
1: working full time jobs. And then at night, I was working uh, selling health insurance.
2: And so, you, were you selling health insurance until your business would get going? Yeah, I was really trying to get it going. And I
1: finally got it to a point where I was doing a health insurance and a life insurance. Full time, yeah, and I I was getting by. It, w- it was nothing spectacular. I was getting by. It was a, it was a grind. Lots of calling leads. Lots of people hanging up on you on the phone, and well, you know but, you learn to deal with rejection for sure.
2: Yeah, like I know that in your line of business, you, you just don't get these people calling in. Right. You have to hustle. Right.
1: That's what it, you know. I have this team of a, a staff now, and, and you know they now people are calling. Hey, we're getting ready to retire. We want to work with you, or whatever the story is, right? You got and, a reputation, but it
2: took a long time to get there, and that's what people don't see, right? Yeah, and I yeah we know, I know about reputation because you know that's what we had to do because yeah. when we first came out, we were called the used car dealers. Yeah, that's we were. You know, it was our our name that everybody else would call us. Oh, you're talking about the used car dealer. Like as like derogatory, like oh them, right? And you know, and I I think this is a thing that we all should do is don't underestimate your 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 comp- opponent. Right. Never underestimate them because right. they did. And then some of those t- people that called us could used car dealers are now are they calling of, for jobs now? Or? Yep. <laughs> I love They're it. Asking for jobs, so. Love it, and. You're right. It takes a long time for that reputation and now there's people that come to us, same thing as you.
1: Well, and I think today too, it's about the customer experience. We we focus on that a lot, right? Like how can we how can we separate ourselves? You know, a lot of financial advisors, similar portfolios, products, whatever it might be, so it, it's the service end of it. You know, what do they feel when they come through the process and you know, how often are we communicating with them? Are we one of those shops where they say, yeah, I invested, but I never hear from those guys again, right?
2: Man, I've had so many different places like you're talking about that just, they they sign you up and you never hear from them again.
1: I'm sure your business too, right?
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Service, right? And it, it seems like sometimes maybe that's lost a little bit. I think about like Chick-fil-A is a good example, right? Yeah. I mean. Is a sandwich that good, or are they really good at training 17 year olds to be exceptional customer service?
2: Like, look, like, just look, like there's this huge line, but it doesn't scare you. Right. It won't scare you. Right. Because you know they're busting their butt and you're going to get through in 10 minutes.
1: Yeah. Chick fil A's got a great uh, training video they do. You can find it on YouTube. I think it's something about every, every life has value or something, but they show it when they're training new folks and they have these different customers that come in and the one lady comes in just to get a salad, but you know, you don't know, she just lost her husband, right? She's at the worst moment of her life, right? And these kind of stories and as a business, what kind of impact, you might be the one light in that person's life for days, weeks, months, who knows? Yeah. Right. And you can really have an impact. but
2: Yeah. And I think you're right because if you're just kind to people, you never know what that does for somebody right right just by being kind and um yeah so now you have people
1: calling in so today i have people calling in it it was a tough start though i was doing the health insurance life insurance and then i really wanted to get licensed and do the financial side i was always
2: what's that license called
1: so, the one I have is called a Series 65. I'm also a certified financial planner. So, that's a are different. You fi- are you a fiduciary? Yeah, yeah, fiduciary license. You got it. Okay. Yeah. So, you that's different. That's
3: That was impressive, bro. I know.
1: Well, can
2: you spell that too? Um, <laughs> <I> would, F-U-D-C-I-A-R-Y. Now we A R Y.
1: Whoa, pretty good.
2: So, um, yeah, f- and explain the difference between a fiduciary. And a normal financial advisor.
1: So the the biggest difference, and it doesn't necessarily mean one's right or wrong, they're just different, right? If, me as a fiduciary, I have a legal obligation to put your interests ahead of mine. Yes. Right, So I can't push you into a certain product or a certain portfolio because I'm getting a kickback or more commission or more income or whatever the story is. I have to put your interests ahead of my own. So... To me, that's a pretty big part of it. Traditionally, the model in my industry was what's called brokers. Yes. that got paid a commission to buy or sell something for you. Yeah, equities. Right, equities, funds, whatever it might be. So a little bit different relationship, right? Their relationship kind of ends with the transaction. It's a little bit more transact. Now, some of the brokers are great, but, you know, it's a a different, you know, kind of legal obligation for sure.
2: And then you're paid based on the growth of your customers thing where – a financial advisor gets every time you like you put money in and they invest it. They get a, they get automatic payment.
1: Yeah, I mean there's some some different models, right? So a broker generally is going to get a commission when they buy or sell something. A financial advisor fiduciary might charge hourly. They might charge, say, for example, one percent a year. If it's a higher net worth client, you might charge a certain percentage of the growth. There's a couple of different models there, but generally that fee-based model is aligned. So, as you do better, you know, the advisor's income goes up. And if you're not doing as good, their income goes down.
2: <clears throat> I I have both, personally. But mm-hmm. They're both close friends. And luckily, both are good. Yeah. But they're both different. Yeah. So, different deals, for sure. Yeah. I... Yeah, so if you are out there and you want to, you know, invest, that's something everybody should look into. What would best fit you, a fiduciary or or a broker? broker.
1: I mean, if you're going to buy whatever, Tesla stock, Apple stock, whatever it is, you want to buy it once and hold it for 40 years, maybe it's better to use a broker. You pay a one-time commission, you're done with fees forever. Yeah. Right? But if you want more comprehensive planning, you know, we're doing more tax strategies, you know, wealth management strategies. How, how do we transfer assets to the next generation? You know, we're doing more comprehensive stuff. Yours is
2: a lifetime asset. Right. Like, right. your people that come to you, What it's a retirement plan. Right. right. And then a generational plan. Right. And that's what you offer. Yeah. yeah Where... If you just want to buy some stocks, maybe
1: you aren't the answer for that. Right. Well, and there's so many ways. If you just want to buy some, there's so many ways to even do it on your own now. Yeah. There's all these apps. And,
2: and I would highly, highly, personally advise not to just go buy stocks on your own Yeah. without financial advice. Well,
1: the interesting part, you know, I think about kind of the last 10 years, right, and the market just been going up and up and up and up and up until last March we had the biggest loss in history, faster than the great depression. Yes. But we also had the fastest recovery.
2: No one talks about it.
1: So, you know, people are saying, Oh, well that wasn't so bad. you know, my money was back whole by the end of the year. No big deal. That's not a normal recovery. Normally recovery is taken two, three years on average. Yeah. Right. And you could get stung really hard. So, I, I think there's a lot of these day traders nowadays that have you know kind of changed a little, but they haven't gone through that period where they've really gotten bitten yet.
2: Yeah, and if you're looking for day trading and you're not trained, you're looking for big losses. It can definitely happen. Yeah, I, I, there's some serious risk, high risk. that's for sure. I,
3: I think, I think when you said that, you said hadn't
2: been bitten yet, right.
3: Right. I don't know if everybody
2: got that, but yeah, at some a, point it
3: will be right.
2: It's a big yet. That's oh, for sure. If you're in the market, well, online, hopefully be.
3: not. But hope, hopefully not. But you know,
2: if you're buying and selling and you don't have true, if you're just looking at, I don't know what trends they're looking at. Yeah. Or if they're just looking at like, oh, this cool company, you know, without actually knowing what's going on inside that company. Well, and it's just a
1: balance, right? Like in the industry, there's a lot of young people that have finally gotten into investing back in March and April because they thought, okay, this might be the opportunity of my lifetime when the market's so low. Yeah, And it's great because, you know, I see it every day. I see the families that started saving early. You know, and a lot of people assume my multi-million dollar clients that, oh, they must have big jobs or inherited lots of money. No, most of them are just average everyday people. They just prioritize saving and investing. <laughs> and now they're having an incredible retirement, right? But
2: I have this saying, and I tell it to all my employees. It's not about the money you make. It's, it's about the money, what you do with the money you do make. Because yeah, I, I, like I always tell them, like, hey, who's more wealthy? The guy that makes $100,000 and saves 30000 right? Or the guy that makes a million dollars and he spends $1.1 $1. 1, right, exactly. So who's more wealthy? He's an American. That's the American way. <laughs> who's, who's wealthy? The guy with 100 grand, he saved right. 30 grand. The guy with a million dollars, he's got 100,000 right. in debt. He's living check to check. Yeah. He's, and how many of those guys actually exist? I would say, but more than more, not. More than you'd imagine. Huh? How, here's a question What would you suggest to the average Joe to have in their bank account as emergency funds? Like, what would you suggest?
1: Yeah, generally, I like to see folks have like three to six months uh, of expenses. So figure out what those monthly costs are, three to six months. Now, both and a couple are self-employed or working at the same company. Maybe we go a little bit longer, right? But that three to six months is, is a good, nice cushion. So, I have.
2: You spend, so if you're both working at the same company, you should make that even more, maybe like Correct. a year. Because
1: the risk is greater, right? Risk maybe greater. they do a big layoff
2: and you both get laid off at the same time. So if somebody, what, do you have a percentage that you tell clients they should save? Generically, I can tell people at least, you know,
1: it's nice to save 10 to 15% of your paycheck. You want to see that increase a little bit as you age and your income gets higher. I'm not, I'll be honest with you though. I'm not a real big on these kind of pre-can numbers. So much of it depends on your lifestyle, right? I have clients that spend 3000 a month that have millions of dollars, right? Yeah. So, so much of it depends on what you're spending and all that kind of stuff. But the trick really is to start early. It's never too late to start. So, if you're listening and you're 50 and panicking, don't panic. But, you know, for the folks that can start early, it's just the time value of money, right? It's how money grows over time.
2: Yeah, the sooner you get it in there. And explain to me, people, what the difference is between seized money you know, well-seasoned money and, like, new money? Well, you're talking about from an investing standpoint? Or? Yes.
1: Well, I mean, to me, you know, as the money grows, right, it's this concept that your money's going to work for you. Yeah. Right? So you and I are sitting here, and our investments are growing today right now. Yeah. Right? And then your interest starts to make interest, and you start to get this compounding effect. And over time, you know, what what starts off and doesn't seem like a lot of money can really <sighs> – you know, really grow for you over time. And it's getting that, that, that's the idea of pay yourself first, right? Yeah. Think about your future and just build that in, you know, put that 10, 15% in. And so, you know, you're going to set yourself up down the road.
2: I, I think it's, and Cody can chime in here, is just being disciplined. Yeah. What do you think, Cody?
3: Yeah, it's, it's really hard um, to do, I think, for a lot of people. I mean, in my line of work, or my career, I guess I would say um, you see it a lot, uh, especially like young guys get to the big leagues or they make some money, and you know if they want the car or the watch or the bags or whatever it may be to kind of look like you belong. And I've seen a lot of guys, um, you know, blow blow a lot of money real quick, uh, just trying to to keep up. You know what I mean? And it's uh, versus the guys to get out of the game with with a chance and and uh, you know. Don't have to panic and, and uh, can kind of search around for what they want to do when they retire. I forget the number, but
1: there's like a crazy percentage of pro athletes that end up bankrupt. It's like a shocking probably, number. It's probably high. Isn't there a baseball yeah, it's really, player that, really like, high. Who, who's a baseball player? Like, I read an article a couple of years back, he like, lives in a trailer in the offseason, and maybe that's, I can't remember who it was. <laughs> it's probably, probably,
3: a lot, bun- probably a lot of them. Probably, bun- probably a lot of them. Probably Right. Well, I'm
1: Gardner. Dude. I think He's the story with this and... guy though was that he was well paid, but he wasn't blowing through at all. He had a pretty conservative you know, lifestyle. You know Hey, here's right, a question.
2: Yeah. I got a question, Cody. How many like baseball players that made big bucks? Okay, we're talking mm-hmm. made. Good, they had good contracts. Okay. You saw driving under twenty thousand dollar cars like Corolla, Camry, Kia.
3: Hyundai. Uh, yeah. Yep, I I can't recall one. <laughs> yeah, I can't
2: Cause to me that would be <laughs> awesome. Like he'd just be the complete opposite of what you would expect. Right, rolling in a Kia Optima, two thousand. I mean, I, I know
3: some. I mean, there's guys right now that are. It's kind of. I mean, there's a lot of guys driving. You know, Ford trucks and Jeeps and stuff, and aren't. You See? know, still expensive cars. And I think you and I talked about this yesterday about you know the price of, of what a car was ten or ten years ago versus what it is now.
2: Oh man um,
3: but, it's bad. you know, but but I mean they're driving a you know a F one fifty or a, you know a Jeep or, or whatever now and um these are guys that have made millions that are that are doing it Well
2: that's, you know,
3: a, that's a... I think it's lifestyle and but there's also guys that have made, you know, a hundred grand a year that are or or less they're driving a Mercedes. So right. you know who Who knows? Well, it's that discipline part, right? Yeah. Without without a
1: doubt. I love Jacko, you know, discipline equals freedom, right? And like, what does that mean? Without a doubt, it does. You know, you can apply it to so many areas, health, wealth, whatever. But, you know, if you have the discipline, nothing wrong with stuff. We all have our own interests, right? I mean, I'll, I want to know how much I've spent on archery and hunts.
2: And yeah, we don't look at that. No, no, we don't ever look at that number. Yeah, but we definitely don't show the <laughs> that's lifestyle. Right. That's an account on its own. That's right. And we don't account for it. But
1: can you build that? What, what do you have to do to build that lifestyle where you're still having the discipline to put the money away,
2: right? And still be able to do some of those things you want to do? You just have to have that discipline first. Yep. And if you're disciplined doing that, then later on it opens up. Yeah. That's just the way it works. I mean, I think about early in my career,
1: if I had the discipline, well, I just didn't have much money, but I wanted to get in the financial side. And, and a pretty effective way that we meet new people is we put on these educational classes and we, you know, train people on different topics. And then a lot of them want to come in and maybe look at their stuff and let it become clients. And it's hard to meet them, though. The cost of acquisition in my business is very expensive per yeah. family. And I couldn't afford to put on an event like that was maybe 10 12 grand and back then that was like that was an astronomical amount of money i had probably 40 45, in credit card debt at the time and, and not for me going out blowing at party and it was you know diapers formula groceries i couldn't afford i was just trying to make ends meet and at the time doing health insurance i would see about five five generally farmers or small business owners a day five days a week and So I started trying to – I got licensed, so I tried to start selling them, cross-selling them financial products. Yeah. And I got no's for a year, Mm. 1,000 no's. Mm. Then I got my first yes, got a commission. About 10 days later, I got my second yes.
2: Oh, here we go.
1: And then it was uh, – I was kind of facing a decision. I could say, okay, I can pay off these credit cards, or I can start this, you know, shift into this financial planning practice, and I guess you know
2: which way I went. Well, I did
1: pay off the credit cards, so. though.
2: But that t- it, t- <laughs> it just taught t- you <it laughs> t- t- some hard work. Yeah, I hope know? so. Yeah. <laughs> tell you some hard work. The house and nose. But you know what? Sometimes in business, you throw it all on the table. Yeah. And I was telling someone I was talking to, you no know, risk it, no biscuit. Right. You know, sure. Bruce Arians right there. Yep.
3: yep. And, yeah. Yeah. I think Blaine talked about that, too, a little bit. Yeah right? When we
2: had him on. I can remember a couple of times in my career where it was all on the table. Yeah. And I was, I was going for it and last like, week it was last just week. Kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> actually, as we're talking right now, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy. I'm just happy to be a friend with you and to be able to call you my friend and, Also to learn from you. I mean. Same for me brother. um, So I want to transition into some hunting. Hunting. That's what we do together. Love it. That's what Cody does. Love it. So um, I would just like to explain something to the audience. There are different levels of hunters. Just as anything. I think if you look at anything in the world, there's always different levels. There's right. different levels of cars. There's different levels of, uh, you know, even baseball. There's different levels. You got single A, double A, triple A, big leagues. So, in hunting, there's the same thing. You have your traditional rifle hunter, right? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong. Let me be very clear. There's no, I wrong. love
1: all hunters. I love I, them all.
2: Yeah. I'm not a snob, well, <laughs> I mean, there's there's uh, rifle hunters, there's um, muzzleloader hunters, which I think combo with the shotgun slug in the east. Mm-hmm. But in the west, you can't use it. You have to use a muzzleloader. Yeah. And every state's different. You know, muzzleloader, every state has its own laws on it. Um, and then for the muzzleloader, then you would have a uh crossbow and then archery obviously and archery is the hardest for sure man those crossbows have come a long way haven't they? holy oh God. man i know a guy that had a crossbow shoot 200 yards he put on some just like tight right two tight 200, patterns 200 yards he lays down and shoots it like a gun right it's unreal yeah so I, I think my shoulder's hurting I have to get that uh, <laughs> permit. Little, uh, we got a little,
3: a little injury.
2: Okay. There's a bunch okay, of states yeah, no now you about. don't even need the
1: permit anymore. Yeah, Wisconsin yeah. used to be that way. You had to have you know be older,
2: disability, or something, yeah. and now anybody can. Uh, Arizona, you have to have a champ permit to get it. Yeah. and then they actually have special hunts for champ permits. Okay. And legitimately, I think I could actually get it. I think Cody could probably legitimately get it too if he wanted to. But like,
3: no. My dad got one.
2: His yeah. Shoulders. My, my shoulders. shoulders. Done. My shoulders are really bad, but yeah, I can still pull a bow too. back. What so is it with you? shoulders? I'm mine are cooked, too. Um, at but,
1: the end of last season, I couldn't draw my bow anymore. That's bad. Mm-hmm.
3: There you go, crossbow.
2: Sounds like the crossbow. Yeah, no, I'll be fine. <laughs> they're, they're fine. but so,
3: so where, did, hey, where did Hey, where did you guys meet? Like, how did you guys... <laughs>
1: So we actually Uh met at a hunt camp with the Wild Country Outfitters.
2: Yep. And, uh, you know, Tony's good friends with Dudley. Dudley made him a bow. What bow were you shooting before Dudley's?
1: Oh, boy, I shot a bunch. I started off with the Matthews and had a couple versions of Hoyts for a few years. Was that because Dudley was with Hoyt? Um no, originally before I met John, I had a buddy Kurt who out of Iowa, big whitetail hunter, western hunter, and he owned a little bow shop. Yeah, I um, mean now works for an archery company, and they built, you know, they're designing bows and stuff. But um, he got me into it, and we started off with the Matthews, and he was a big Hoyt guy, so he got me into the Hoyt. Um, and then John recently made me
2: a bow here last fall. Yeah, that bow's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty. Sweet. I remember he was a. Uh, he was really bummed out because something bad. He something bad happened that day. He's just like he wanted it to be such a better experience for you. Yeah, you know, giving it to you. But um, yeah, you got he, he brought it to hunt camp, man. Yeah, he and then he, did you you shot your deer with right, it, right, dude. He, yeah, he gets to hunt camp. This <laughs> I had to sucker, let it eat, baby. <laughs> this sucker, this dude, this sucker right here. He shows up late for hunt camp. First off, we're all there scouting our butts off. Hiking our butts off. This this homie, flies in, grabs the bow. Did you even shoot the bow before? Yeah, I shot a couple of arrows. He shot a he shoot he shoots a let <laughs> me twice. be clear, a couple <laughs> arrows out of it, and then he goes and sits to stand and hammers a buck the first evening. Oh boy, I got luck' because that was the a first, tough week this the year. The first sit, that
1: was a tough week this year. You were one really out lucky. of three
2: people to shoot a deer, right. and there was. With a bow, and there was, like, 30 archery deer hunters. Well,
1: and the caliber of hunters there was pretty wild.
2: Yeah, like, professionally, professional hunters, sponsored by all sorts of folks. Yeah. And that you shot the biggest buck that week, too, on top of it all.
1: Man, that place is unreal. I remember the first year I came, you know, everybody is kind of, like, pro hunters, TV shows, companies, and people are like, who are you with? I'm like uh, just just by myself. <laughs> um, I'm,
2: with, I'm, I'm sponsored by uh Drake yeah. Drake Financial. Yeah. That's what Drake I tell people. who are you sponsored by? I'm like Really Wide R V. <laughs> <laughs> also uh playing the game podcast I'm sponsored by. That's it. hmm yeah. That's it. And I'm I'll all, sponsor you brought. Oh, thanks. Yeah, one performance. One performance sponsored me too. They to give me a hat. Nice. And and some shoes. <laughs> Got some oh, shoes, yeah. those kids yeah, right there. Some Jordan ones. Oh, baby, I like it. Cody saw my shoe <laughs> apparel. He's like We need to you fix. step up that game. A this, little is, bit. this is this no, is a problem I'm right just, here. I'm
3: i I'm, I'm a sneaker head. This is a problem. Yeah, I
1: love sneakers. We you know, we're yeah. we're of course back home. My my son plays basketball and we got tickets to the Bucks, so Giannis just signed that Supermax contract. So, uh, you got I don't the know rocks, how many dude. pairs of Giannis shoes we have in the house. It's ridiculous. Giannis, that guy is a monster. So nice, too. The yeah. family's amazing. Yeah, we're pretty fortunate. Our, our, our tickets, is, his mom and now wife, and they sit right behind us. So we talk to them. Just super nice people. So, and you just he, don't this, hear.
2: This, this, wait a second. They sit behind you? Let's be clear, the (laughs) the superstar families are sitting behind Tony.
1: Uh, Maybe with his new contract, if we ever get to go back, they'll they'll have different seats, but super nice. You know what I love about Giannis? Not only is he just like you're talking about discipline at work, but you don't ever hear anything
2: in town about him. Nothing. Like that he did something dumb. Nothing.
1: He's just at the house with his family, you know, just like you don't hear anything. He's a
2: family man. He's
1: definitely a family guy, and I had a sense he was going to sign it because his mom told me a couple of times how much she loved Milwaukee, and he's he's just such a family guy.
2: And you'd hear on ESPN that he's leaving, he's leaving, right. he's leaving.
1: Well, everybody said he was leaving. Everybody was courting him, which I'm sure they were. But well, boy, would you want the and when he came out in
2: Greek and, freak,
1: I mean, it, it, it's like a fan, when you talk about a guy coming out and saying this town, this this organization took a chance on me, and I'm not going anywhere.
2: Dude, right, I just wish we had him on the
1: Suns. <laughs> I'm glad you don't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, you, don't you think, Cody? Like, would do well with the Suns? No, you don't think.
3: Yeah, you put do. him with both, and yeah, he'd, I, I was he'd be going, all right here. Yep. I heard
2: he was making. Thinking, I heard that there's the chance in leaving. Like, come on, son, step it up. Come what on. about what about
1: Brooklyn now? They got Harding. And, I mean, you they got the squad yourself. there. They got buy. a three three man
2: team there. He's, that's called. Kyrie. yeah we'll see if they want to play though true buy yourself we'll buy yourself a championship yeah, we'll that's what that's yeah. called let's just go ahead and buy ourselves a championship yeah
1: what's the deal kyrie hasn't been showing up for games or what's the story practices i don't know
3: i heard he i heard he got fined for something
2: i think today right he was talking
3: about
2: it yeah he yeah. went to parties without mask he went to some birthday parties without mask crazy And he's got. An ad- what it was? and he's got an attitude and that's weird uh, you know, well. attitude. he's only been on three teams in like five years so.
1: I read an interesting article they were looking at basketball but they were talking about some of the different, at least this writer was trying to make the argument of American kind of superstar basketball players versus the European guys and how the attitudes are just a lot different so who knows, I don't know maybe maybe there's something to it
2: Well, better or worse
3: no, he,
1: he he was saying the Americans a little bit more. They'll shift around just for a championship and chasing, uh, you know, chasing sponsors that kind of stuff. Where the European guys tend to be a little bit more laid
2: back, and like less the, about themselves. They're loyal, right? There's no loyalty now, right? Like back in the day with Jordan, it was loyalty. Oh, that was so fun watching that as a kid. Yeah, well, it's like yeah. Well,
3: also, also free agency, right? So. Yeah, true. I know on the player on the player side, we worked really hard for free agency. Yeah. You know, so there wasn't, uh, you know, the ability to kind of cut down contracts and stuff. So that, that's part of it. I mean, free agency caused a lot of the moving around and the ability to move around. And if teams won't give a long-term contract, then players have the, the right to move. You know what I mean? So
1: Yeah, and I think that's a good point. I mean, I as, a, as a fan. Side. Right. That's a great point. I mean, from right. the business side, mm-hmm. right? That, sure. that is your business. Right.
2: There is still yeah. a cap for the team, so I do believe in a cap. Unlike baseball, I, I wish baseball had a cap. Because, like, just some teams will just never really compete because they just can't pay for it.
3: Yeah. Well, they do. There is a cap. It's just you can go over it. If you do, you pay a luxury tax to teams. Yeah. So... You had there is a there is a cap limit, and then once you're over that limit, you then pay electric tax, and that goes that that's shared, you know, throughout the, the, the rest of the team.
2: So, like the people that don't go over, then they just get cash in the pocket. <laughs> yes, and
3: some teams will never ever go over.
2: Yeah, I know, like Oakland because A's. Because that's the way
3: ownership wants to run it. Yeah. And, yeah. And ownership has the right however they want unfortunately the fan base doesn't always agree with that and, uh, might not think that they're trying to win or whatever it may be you know so yeah well it's an
1: interesting dichotomy right Cody you just said it you know for for athletes that is their business and for a fan you say well oh, man why wouldn't that guy stay here we believe but you know I mean he's worked his whole life grinded work the discipline and as an opportunity to make more money. you but, get it. You but know. here's another thing. Sides. They're
2: only going to be an athlete for so many years. And right. then they got to make their money. And they yeah. don't, honestly, a lot of those guys don't necessarily have skill sets. And besides of what they do. Right. Cause they've right. been playing it their whole life. Well, they're just hyper-focused on that, right? Yeah. They don't, you know, when you haven't done anything but that for so long, and then it's you tough. said, Hey, time to go do another career. And you're like, what? Like, uh, the, Like go to Home Depot or. (laughs) And you see it from both sides, you know, you see the fans perspective where they're
3: looking and they're going, okay, well, you know, it's 15 a year, not enough, you know, for, for whatever. And, um, you know, you have to remember taxes and, and,
2: uh, who knows they may have child
3: support or they may have, you know, like who knows that 15 million might end up being 3 million, you know, by the end of it, um, depending on who, who they are and, yeah, right. <laughs> Sean Kemp
2: had, like, 20 kids, so he had a lot of child Right. <laughs> that's a tough bill. No, right I mean, there. there's, you know, there's a lot of individual stuff
3: that people don't know about, but, but you also see that side from the fans looking in going, uh, it's, 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 you know, what's 15 million is not enough, but 17 is. That's greedy or, or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think as – I think you can look at, at a person and judge their, their decision. You know, maybe they wanted to go somewhere else. Maybe it was – you know, just a, a better choice for him, family-wise, or it was a better choice for him individually, or whatever. So, you know, that's that's what they're entitled to as a as a player. I mean, he, you're not going to go to a job interview and and take less money somewhere, right. uh, likely. You know, if you if you have a decision to, you know, at, at I don't know. Let's say you have a, a job at Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever it may be, and one offers you more than the other, you're probably going to take more money.
1: Right. So, right you know, as you should. It's not a smaller.
3: So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Call capitalism, baby. Yeah, I mean, you get paid for what you're worth, right? Right, like, right. It's not necessarily time; it's it's your worth, and, and uh, you know, what do you value yourself?
2: At, so that's important. Every person needs to know what they're worth. Yeah. Some, and you know, that goes for your job at work. It, you know, make sure you know what your worth is. And sometimes we think we're worth more than we are. Yeah. So you have to be real with yourself. You have to know. Often. You have to be <laughs> real with yourself. Right. Don't. Th- I think the biggest thing is like, oh, this company can't function without me. And then they do. And then they accept. And <laughs> you're, when I you're think gone you for a keep, month
1: and you're right, like. You. Job's gone. <laughs> I yeah. think, too, you got to continue growing, right? Like, I think about when I kind of started the business in the form it is today. And. I was the janitor, I was the financial advisor, I was the receptionist, I was everything, right? And then one day you have A, employee 5, 10, whatever it is, now I got to be a CFO, I got to be an operations guy, I got to be a good leader, and that's not always like, you know, not stuff you're born with. Right. So you will learn it. Whether you take classes, reads, like we were talking about being around folks that are, you know, better at those things than you are and just learning from them. And you got to keep striving for that next level of growth. I think.
2: And you also have to be willing to let go of responsibilities. Yeah. People that aren't, that was willing. the
3: question I was just going to ask.
2: Yeah. If you don't, if you're not willing to let go of respond delegate and, train others to do things yeah then you will never grow
1: dan sullivan's got a new book out he's runs a strategic coach great program for entrepreneurs but uh he's got a new book called uh who not how yeah that same concept instead of figuring out how am i going to do it who am i going to get to do it yeah right because you can't do everything if you want to take something to the next level you have to have that delegation
2: and that's the hardest thing for me is passing on my favorite thing to do is sell trailers and then I had to train two guys how to do it, and I had to fully let them take over my whole thing. But what happened after that? It grew. It grew, and I was—I would say after I learned that, it was easy to transition to transition out of my responsibilities into a new position.
1: When well, you have the right team all focused on that same goal, or you're so much more powerful as a group. Right? Oh,
2: absolutely. And on for top sure, of-
3: that's that's the hardest part for me. Is definitely you know, letting go because you don't, you know, you don't feel like anybody's ever going to do it the way you want it done. Right. It. And, and I mean, really, and, he, and they could be doing it better than you were doing it, but your vision might be just a little different. Yeah. And, you know, you know, and then you, you know, you don't think it's right. And you you want to be, you want to be the guy that's, that's doing it.
2: Yeah, you it's, always. Uh, that,
3: that's been really difficult for me to do. It's been great once I, once I do, yeah. um, and you know, and stuff goes the way it should or whatever, but it's, it's, um, that's definitely, uh, it's taken five years for me to finally, finally agree to, to let other people help, uh, um, you know, do their part.
2: Well, it's been an hour. I can't believe it. Time went Really? By. Wow. That was fun. Uh, it went really quick, man. Thank you, Cody, for we archery. We are to talk about hunting too much. For yeah. archery. Yeah. Cody, uh, thank you for <laughs> yeah, being on yeah, the Yeah, we got to talk us. about... Wh-
3: yeah, you got it. We'll get we'll get him back on here. We'll talk about hunting a little bit more. We yeah. didn't get too too into that,
2: so we just talked about business too much. Which is this podcast, so I love it. But Tony's gonna Rabbit be back. Holes. this is one of many podcasts with Tony. We digress We, we will digress. <laughs> we, will, we're yeah. gonna have yeah. to, we digress. You know we did a bunch of that. Yeah, we we're digress. gonna get,
3: you know what? We need to get Tony on at a hunting camp one time. Oh, on the there, we go.
2: there we go. I think yeah. we need to do that. We need to get him loosened up a little bit. That's right. Yep, I, I agree. agree. He wasn't very loose today. Hey, <laughs> appreciate you guys. Lots of respect. Cody, thank you for Tony, coming. Tony, great meeting
3: you. Sorry I wasn't there in person. It's good meeting you.
2: Yeah, you too, buddy. Tony, right, I appreciate you. Appreciate Thanks you for too. being here. Thanks for, you know, being, you know, everything you do. Awesome. All right. Thank you all for listening. Appreciate you guys listening in. Um, check us out on Playing the Game podcast on our Instagram account. Um, we got it rocking and rolling. If you want to support us, please leave us a review. If it's good, bad, ugly. The only thing I can't change is my voice. I hope voice. I don't affect your ratings here. No, I hope so. Brought them down a little you, bit. You maybe. probably helped me. <laughs> um, if they say I got a face for radio or a face for podcasts. So. <laughs> I was, I was told by many people, I do not have a radio voice. No, I was, but what what do I do Buy a podcast? There you go. I buy a podcast. You don't have radio voice. Okay, well I
3: podcast
2: it is. I want a podcast anyway, so I'm gonna do it. So it, if uh yeah, please leave us a review. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And uh if you,
3: got, if you got any questions, DM uh DM us on Instagram. Yeah, DM we'll us. us yeah.
2: And if we get enough we could do a question and answer. You know, we'd love there to do go. that eventually. When we get bigger, better. I'm sending in some questions, send questions in DM <laughs> yeah, there you on, go. and we'll get to them. Yeah. And even if it's a, you, there's no question. The only dumb question is the one that's not asked. So send us any questions, any, if there's critiques, please send them our way. And we always appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Um, we'll see you next week. See you guys. Thanks. Okay. Peace.